seeking help is a sign of you being strong. For the longest time, I held it in to myself. But when I actually like had the courage to tell them something, they were very supportive, and I was amazed by it. Welcome to Wellness in Color on the Mental Health in Minnesota podcast produced by NAMI Minnesota, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Wellness in Color is a podcast series that explores perspectives on mental health to reshape the cultural language of mental illness. Visit NAMI Minnesota online at namimn.org. Subscribe to the podcast and listen on the NAMI Minnesota website or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, here is your host, NAMI Minnesota staff member, Caroline Ludi. Welcome to Wellness in Color. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Our guest today is 19-year-old uh, university student, Sayon Bay. And again, Sayon, thank you so much again for being here. Um, just be kind of before we go into our conversation, do you mind if I just introduce you? No, no, I'll go ahead. Great, thank you. So growing up in South Korea and current Minnesotan, uh, Sayon Bay says her relationship with mental health is both love and hate. Fear that others would think that she was, quote, crazy or, quote, ill were always initially present, yet she was never afraid to seek help and sought therapy with the support of her family. Ultimately, change is incremental, and her views towards mental health have been shaped by her time spent in the U.S. Her plans to shift opinions of mental health, not only within herself, but also within her culture, which drives her to constantly reflect on her own journey to knowing but flipping the status quo in order to destigmatize mental health issues. So just a couple of words from who our sponsor is. These efforts were supported by the National Center for Advancing Translational Sciences of the National Institutes of Health, award number UL1TR002494. The content is solely the responsibility of the authors. It does not necessarily represent the official views of the National Institutes of Health. So, um, so in just a, a couple of questions here initially, can you tell me just a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I grew up in South Korea, and it's, like, very competitive, especially, like, academic-wise. And I think I got a lot of pressure from, like, the society, my family, and myself. And I think the biggest components that, like, um, triggered me in, like, thinking about mental health in the first place was the academic pressure and the experience of me getting bullied by upperclassmen when I was in elementary school and like a bunch of other stuff having related to um, self-esteem and lacking love for myself. So I think that's like the initial reason why I started thinking about mental health and if like I'm not healthy as in like my heart is not healthy (laughs) and I was like okay I should get help because I don't think I can do this by myself and then I was very lucky enough to like um have a family that I can talk to and they were very supportive when I brought up the concept of going going to a counseling office or seeking therapy and yeah that's when I started therapy I was in sixth grade I think and then I went to therapy for two and a half years and then it became like a rotten wound that I couldn't not look at anymore so during um 10th grade I went to my school counselor and I asked her like oh this these are like the things that I'm feeling it 
at that time it was kind of different because I wasn't experiencing bullying it was fine like academic wise but I was more of like where do I go with my life like what do I want to do is this school right for me because I went to a special high school which is a foreign language high school it's where a lot of competitive students come to go to a very prestigious universities which is which makes the atmosphere even more competitive and was this in South Korea yes okay and it was like very (laughs) um I felt like I was out of place I didn't feel like I was one of the students who were like kind of devoting their lives to go into a great college because I wasn't (laughs) and I didn't think like oh I'm like at a right place I felt like I was in I was taking someone else's place so like there's like someone who can do much better in this school and this um uh, environment where I'm just taking their resources and just taking their time and then I went to therapy for a couple of months I think eight months or six months and then I was like okay I I'm I feel better now and I think my meaning in life <laughs> is to like become a therapist myself and try to help people who go through the same things that I, I went through so sorry like when did you kind of arrive at that decision was that after the initial eight months of therapy that you thought um, now, now I, I think, think I want to be a therapist I think it was like the first time that I went to therapist which was like when I was in sixth grade mm-hmm. I was like okay like there's a person who like helps people through their hardest times in life and I was like okay that's really cool maybe I want to become a therapist but then I was like okay I want to become a therapist but then I have to study a lot like what do I do it was kind of like a vague idea in my head to become a therapist but then after I think in the process of that my second therapy I was like okay I'm sure that I want to do this like I'm so sure I want to do this so that's why I was like okay I need to become a therapist to become a therapist, I need to study hard. And I was like, okay, maybe this is the right school for me because it will pressure me to study even harder. So I stayed there and that's how I ended up in Minnesota. And now I'm majoring in psychology. So um, talking about, just going back kind of to when you were growing up, you talked about the pressures mm-hmm. academically, mm-hmm. but then as you were progressing in you know high school, those academic pressures kind of faded. Mm-hmm. But then in terms of your mental health, mm-hmm. how what challenges were present at now at that time? Um, I think there were a lot of uh, problems that I didn't address like in my first therapy, mm-hmm. which was like underlying problems with like um, relationship with family and how I view myself and what my values are. And one of the things that I still struggle with is how much do I value my parents' perspectives and how do I w- want to like meet their expectations of me? I think, not to generalize, but that's like a lot of problems that I know like a lot of Asian culture um, people go through because like you have to be respectful to your parents and like you have to listen to what they're saying. And I think for some reason I have like a very big pressure that I need to become like a good daughter and like just a good child that I would do whatever my parents want me to do. Like I'm not a pushover, (laughs) but like I'll try my best to do that. And I learned that um, I didn't really have a very ideal relationship with my family growing up. 
So that was like a very big part why I was like trying to police my parents because I just wanted to be accepted and loved, which I didn't feel as a child. And I think after that, my parents and I like had a very long conversations about like where we're going. And that really helped with like getting to figure out what I want to do in life rather than just thinking about what they want. I appreciate you sharing that because, you know, um, I guess the family dynamic in any culture, you know, is always kind of so sensitive Mm -hmm. and it's so fragile. And now you're, you know, at your, in your own words, Mm -hmm. um, what would you say you were at at that point when you did tell your parents, you know, this is how I feel. But it seems at the same time they were there to support you. Yeah. Um, I always felt like I wouldn't be supported if I tell my family about like, oh, I think I am depressed or I like feel sick in my head. Um, so I was really scared mm-hmm. and I didn't tell them because I felt like they would think that I'm like crazy, quote, ill. Um, so for the longest time I held it, held it in to myself. Mm-hmm. But when I actually like had the courage to tell them something, they were very supportive and I was amazed by it. Mm-hmm. And I think if I didn't have that support, I wouldn't have been the same with like along the process and everything. Cause like, even though I know that it should not be like a taboo to like go see a counselor or seek help, in my mind, I had that idea that, oh, counseling is for people who are like weak or who are not, mm-hmm. not normal, quote, which is not at all true. But I just had that stigmatization in myself. So if I didn't have like support from outside, I wouldn't have been able to um, let myself think that I'm okay for seeking help and I'm okay for feeling certain things that I was feeling. So now then, how would you say your own cultural and racial identity infuses with your own understanding then of your mental health challenges? And now, of course, the journey that you're on. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the biggest things that I've learned here was people were very open about mental health issues. And I don't know if I was like in a very prestigious or very um, fortunate group of people that I talked to, but I was in a program where people were very considerate about helping other people and who like to be um, uh, like um, go into medical fields in the future. Mm -hmm. And I think generally they just care about health and mental health is like a very big component in health in general because I think mental health is as important as physical health and I was just amazed by how people are like yeah I have depression and I'm I'm taking medication to help me get through it and there's so many people who are actually um, dealing with their mental health not like trying to shut it down and trying to have it in themselves they're actually seeking help they're talking about it it was life-changing for me because I know like it's changing rapidly in South Korea but still there are a lot of um, topics that are avoided when people are talking about mental health so when it came here and see just everyone talking about it freely and like they're happy about it, I was like, okay, this is what I should do. And I just saw hope 
mm-hmm. <laughs> in like people's perspective like they can change mm-hmm. and like in south korea people are changing i like how you said that you know you treat mental illness as any other you know physical illness which yeah. is of course you know yes. what we always say here at nami as well because that is very true mm-hmm. um and you talked a little bit more about the language of mental illness because you said you want to go into advertising mm-hmm. as part you know yeah. of your psychology um, background but so specifically now then in south korea how is the language of mental illness described versus now that you live here in minnesota mm-hmm. we talked about here it's much more open and there it's more taboo of course and even closed off in a sense but it's it is there is a progression mm-hmm. of understanding but how does that differ um as in like when someone says they're dealing with depression or anxiety, which are like the one of the most common um, mental illnesses that people go through, mm-hmm. people look at you like, like they look at you with such, I don't know, sadness. Like they would just, I don't know. It makes me feel like they're kind of feeling bad for you but in like a looking down way Mm -hmm. so like oh you're like your mental is so weak that you're actually going through something that's like considered as an illness which is i don't know (laughs) for me it's just kind of bizarre because i think everybody experiences certain amount of mental illness in their life like nobody is happy like 100% of their time and when someone says they're experiencing a mental illness they look at you with someone like they just look at you in a different way so in that sense you you had the support of your parents Mm -hmm. and so you then were able to you sought treatment as still in your own as Mm -hmm. well too but so in culturally speaking what do you think would stop individuals then from seeking the additional mm-hmm. support um even though you know despite they do have mm-hmm. kind of a there's a protective factor because people you know want to see people getting help at the same time there is kind of more of a, a disdain yeah. it seems like for individuals as well too um i think the biggest i think the biggest components that would kind of hinder people from getting help I think there are two one would be this uh, like the cultural stigma and two would be um, the uh, mon- money that would go in if they were to seek help I know because um, there aren't as many counselors in South Korea and like they're not very popular if I would say because people don't seek counseling as much so it would be um consequently more expensive Mm -hmm. than other treatment and i don't know if it goes into psychiatry but when i'm seeking counseling which is kind of different um i don't think there's insurance related to it when um rather than when you're going to a hospital and going to psych um psychiatry department maybe you'll get insurance i'm not sure but when you're just seeking counseling on your by yourself at like a counseling center, then I'm I don't think there's insurance related to it, which like makes it even harder for other people to seek just counseling. And I think there's more stigmatization 
stigma on going to psychiatry department, like going into a hospital rather than like going into a counseling center. Because mm-hmm. like seeking help is a sign of you being strong. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I think it's a sign of being strong that you're actually willing to seek help. So, yeah. <laughs> so then now, how has your uh, ability to, mm-hmm. you know, seek additional help changed from your perspective in South Korea to now, you know, currently living in Minnesota? Um, I think I'm not scared to say that I am willing to seek help. Like, when I'm just talking with friends, I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I need professional help. Like, I just need to talk to somebody that kind of can give me a perspective on what's going on inside my brain. So, and I'm, I don't think I would ever go back to a stage where I would be, like, scared that someone's going to see me when I'm walking into a counseling office. Mm. Um, when I was in Korea, I was very scared to even talk about it. I didn't think people would accept me, and I just felt like I was just like an alien. I was different. I wouldn't be accepted. Um, People might give me hatred for it. Like, they might think I'm, like, different in a bad way. So I wouldn't say anything. But now just people, like, so many people that I know are just dealing with it. Like, they're very supportive. And I'm currently um, seeing a counselor at the university and I don't think I'm ashamed of it at all. I think um, they are there for a reason, like counselors are there for a reason. People all go through hard stuff Mm -hmm. and I just casually talk about it with my friends and also to my family. Um, I think it like, uh, I don't have much weight on my shoulders anymore. I was very, it was, way more easier for me to tell my mom that like I am seeing a counselor again and she it was surprising her mm. <laughs> her reaction was really surprising because I thought in the back of my head she might feel sad or she might be disappointed that I'm seeing a therapist again but she was like oh that's amazing she that's that was her first reaction and I was like okay okay mm-hmm. <laughs> And she was, I was like, oh, I thought you would be sad or disappointed. And she was like, no, I know you're, I know how strong you are. Like, I know what you've been through. I know, I know that if you, like, I trust that you know when to seek help. Like, if you, and I trust that you would tell me if something's like going really, really bad and you need more support and she was like thanking me for telling her and trusting her and like for me thinking of her as a support system that i can just rely on so that has been a big change (laughs) and i'm very happy for it so where you're at now currently um in minnesota do you have like plans to stay here or do you have plans maybe to go back to uh, south korea and if, if when you do go back to South mm-hmm. Korea, how do you think now you'll be, your perspective has changed in terms of, you know, even just talking about mental health, mm-hmm. would it be more open or still, what does that look like? <laughs> yeah. I think um, as of for now, I would 
finish my degree. Mm -hmm. So about three more years, I will be here. Um, after that, I don't know if I want to study um, psychology or counseling here, or I would go back. Um, but if I end up going back to Korea, I would definitely be involved in changing perspectives about mm -hmm. mental health. And I think this is related to my personal characteristics, but I'm one of those people who are very outspoken about things that I believe in. Mm -hmm. And I think I would be very respectful to people who are like, I think the reason why the mental health issues are not as often talked about is because people are not aware of certain information that they should be aware of like how mental health is critical in your life and how they can influence people's lives and how important getting help is so you talked a lot too about your family of mm -hmm. course um i guess they've been kind of really central mm -hmm. would you say in your support of your own mental health um yeah that i never felt like i was quote crazy when I was talking to my family about me go uh, me uh, feeling depressed or anxious um, or suicidal, of course I was like, okay, this is not what other people are thinking, but n there are people who are thinking like this, and I am not alone. Mm -hmm. And my family, they were, um, they didn't completely understand what I was going through because they didn't go through those things but they were willing to listen and they were willing to ask me what they could do to make me feel better so I would tell them like oh these are like the certain feelings that I'm feeling right now these are the thoughts that uh, I'm having and these are like things that you can say to make me feel better <laughs> and I think um my mom especially was very supportive. She's changed so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's grown with me. And I always like joke about this to my siblings for like, they should, you guys should thank me because <laughs> I let mom change and grow. And she also thanks me for giving her a chance to grow as a mom. And um, yeah, I felt very supportive when she like, other way around she was thanking me for like letting her be a good mom for me by like just um telling her what i'm going through and what i need from her so yeah i'm very thankful for my family <laughs> thank you mom <laughs> yeah moms are, are great but so is family obviously yeah. as well too um so then now where you're at mm -hmm. what resources help you most in your wellness Mm. I think the group of people that I'm in and I, I think especially just Minneapolis and Minnesota in general are people are very um, open-minded mm -hmm. I would say um, and they're like people are just willing to take in diversity I think and I also think mental health is um, related to diversity because a lot of people go through it but there are different forms of what people go through as a mental health mm -hmm. and um, just friends in general who are willing to say oh yeah that's okay like people go through that and I think I have a similar experience to that 
I was a health advocate. Like I've been a health advocate this past academic year. And for us, we are supposed to advertise about mental health, sexual health, physical health. And we are like the people that residents or um, students should go to if they have any questions. Um, So we get educated on the resources that are on campus and what we can do to help as a friend. So I think that experience as a whole changed the perspectives of what I think is okay to talk about and what I think is quote-unquote normal. So yeah, just just being in a culture that is a little bit more open to even talking about mental health and having more information on the importance of mental health just changed my perspectives of seeking help in general. So then overall, would you say that you would describe still your uh, understanding of mental health as both love and hate? Or mm. how would you describe it now? Um, I think there is a little bit of an idea that mental health is a sign of weakness or like saying I have a problem is just showing that you are not strong enough. I think that is the idea that's at like the very bottom of my heart and the very back of my head. I think that's like a very little part of the hate part of the relationship but I think in like 99.9% I think it's a love related relationship I think I will spend my time in life to fight for that 0.1% to change that perspective it will take a lot of time it will be hard and I that's why I think I know Like, I understand how hard it is for other people who still have a hate relationship with mental health. So that's why I really want to go into changing those perspectives. Because I understand it. I personally go through it. And I wish more people can go through that journey with me. Soyan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. No, thank you so much for having this platform and just trying to get the word out. For additional resources related to this episode, please check the podcast show notes and visit NAMI Minnesota online at namimn.org. You've been listening to Wellness in Color on the Mental Health in Minnesota podcast produced by NAMI Minnesota.